Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us this day. Please know you're always welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. And uh, we give thanks to God as we come to this fifth Sunday of, or after rather, Trinity. Uh, and we hear from Jesus today about what it means to be fishers of men. Of course, this is given in a very direct way to St. Peter and the rest of the disciples, but we'll also hear how this applies to all of God's church and how we are called to confess the gospel of Jesus. And so with that in mind, I'll turn your attention to that Focused on Christ section on the inside of the back cover of your bulletin, where we have the, a summary of our readings for the day. The Lord called fishermen to be fishers of men. The net they would use is the message of the cross, which is foolishness and the stumbling block to the world. The power of God to save is not in spectacular signs like wind and fire and earthquakes, nor is it to be found in human intelligence and wisdom. The power of God to save comes in the still, small voice of the preaching of Christ crucified. In worldly darkness, the disciples would catch nothing. But in the light of Christ, whose word is attached to the water, the boats were filled with fish. So it is that in baptism you have been drawn into the ship of the church. Though the nets are breaking and some who hear the word do not believe, pastors continue to cast the net of the gospel and the sacraments that Christians may abide in the boat of the church and that we may be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks a reason for the hope that is in us. Uh, as we gather this day in Christ's church, we receive his body and blood in and under bread and wine as he gives it to us by his institution. And according to his word, he bids us to all be of one confession of one mind as we gather together to receive this gift. And so then we do ask that all those receiving the Lord's body and blood this day be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining in that one orthodox confession of the Christian faith. Our divine service setting this day is setting three as it begins on page 184. We now sing the first hymn. O oh God, you have prepared for those who love you good things that surpass all understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the fifth Sunday after Trinity is from 1 Kings chapter 19. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go. Return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria, 
and Jehu the son of Nimshi you shall anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel-Meholah you shall anoint to be the prophet, to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So he departed from there and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was with the 12th. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? And he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Peter chapter 3. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fifth chapter. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In the readings today, 
We meet St. Peter twice, in the Gospel and in the Epistle. In the Gospel, Peter is the freshly called, one could say freshly caught, disciple of Jesus. At the large catch of fish, Peter is fearful. He is fearful not so much because of the tearing nets and the sinking ships, but because he stands as a sinner before God in the flesh. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Fear not, Peter. From now on, you'll be catching men. That's the first place that we meet St. Peter today in the readings. Soaking wet at the knees of Jesus, confessing his sinfulness and his unworthiness. And after that moment, he and his fishing business partners, they left everything and followed Jesus. They became fishers of men. Now fast forward 25 to 30 years, and that same Peter, now an apostle, is writing to Gentile Christians in our epistle today. These Christians, they are fearful. And they too, like Peter on the shore of the lake, they were called by Jesus. However, these Christians are not fearful of God's judgment over their sin. Just like Peter, they confessed their sins unto God. They received Christ's absolution. And they were living in the light of Christ Jesus, trusting in him alone for forgiveness of sin and salvation from the devil. The Holy Spirit called them by the gospel. And they were now God's forgiven people through faith in Christ. So St. Peter writes to them, saying, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear saints, these words are also for you. At one time, you were like Peter on the shore of Lake Gennesaret. Jesus called you to faith. You may not have been an adult. In fact, many of you were infants. But Christ called you to faith. By water and the word, you were called to be God's child, called out of darkness into his marvelous light. The forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation that Jesus won for you on the cross, they were given to you as you were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, I had mentioned just a moment ago that these Christians that St. Peter was writing to, they were fearful, but I didn't tell you what they were afraid of. The answer is persecution. These Gentile Christians were surrounded by a pagan, unbelieving culture that was opposed to Christ, his word, and his church. Christians were dying for the name of Jesus. Sound familiar? It just got real, didn't it? These words of St. Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, they apply to us today just as much as they did to Christians who first received them. Listen again to what the Apostle Peter said this day to these persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Now, all Christians, whether pastors or those whom they are called to serve, we're all called to have a unity of mind. That is, to be single-minded in our confession of Christ Jesus and his word. We are to be sympathetic and compassionate towards one another, loving each other as brothers, tender-hearted and humble, even in the midst 
of persecution. So just where does this unity of confession, this compassion and all this love come from? Certainly not from within ourselves. These things come from the same source as our forgiveness, Christ and his word. It was Christ's word joined to water and baptism that made us God's people. It is that same word of Christ which the Holy Spirit uses to mold us and to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. Folks, this is the opposite of the world around us. The unbelieving world preaches that we are united by celebrating and accepting everything as good, even and especially those things which God has called evil and harmful and sinful. The world preaches that we should not be compassionate. Rather, the world preaches that we should oppose and oppress anyone who does not agree with the spirit of our age, which has embraced satanic lies as truth. Instead of humility, the world preaches that we should be loud and proud of our sin, regardless of whatever sin that may be. Sexual immorality, murder, lust, drunkenness, or godless self-worship. When we live in a culture that has embraced all of these things with a religious devotion, it is easy to see why Christ and his church are hated. But what does the Holy Spirit teach us through St. Peter? He says, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may receive a blessing. When we, as Christ's people, are on the receiving end of evil in this world, be it evil thoughts, words, or actions, we do not repay evil for evil. When we are hated and reviled for confessing Christ as Savior, we do not hate in return. On the contrary, we are called to bless. Now, this does not mean that we reply to our enemies with some kind of sassy version of bless your heart. No, it's not it. We speak a good word to those who hate us. We speak as Jesus did on the cross, praying for our enemies, asking that our Heavenly Father convert their sinful hearts just as he has converted ours. <clears throat> In chapter 2 of his letter, St. Peter writes, For to this you have been called. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Dear saints, when we are hated for trusting in Christ, it is Jesus himself who is our best example. He did not hate or revile in return. He did not threaten his persecutors. Instead, he entrusted himself to his father and our father. For as St. James writes, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Rather, it was the death of Jesus that brought forgiveness to sinners and righteousness to the unrighteous. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Dear saints, by the wounds of Jesus, you have in fact been healed. You've been forgiven. You've been made whole in Christ. Through the death of Jesus, death has been overcome. Because Christ is risen, you too shall rise. The devil in this sinful world, they have no claim on you, no authority over you. You belong to Jesus. Therefore, do not fear them. 
for we have nothing to fear of the world. And therefore, in your hearts, as St. Peter writes, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. When Jesus called Peter and the other apostles to be fishers of men, he did not fundamentally change who they were. Now, what I mean by this is that Jesus did not take the twelve and then make them into the most intelligent and handsome and irresistibly charming men who ever walked the earth just so that they could somehow be the best gospel salesmen that the world have ever known. Not at all. Instead, he equipped these simple fishermen with something far better, his word. You see, it doesn't matter whether you are a called or ordained pastor or a layperson in the pew. God has given his holy church all that is necessary for making disciples, all that is necessary to catch men, his word. And that is enough. Therefore, when St. Peter says that we should always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, he's telling us that we should learn and know God's word well. He's not saying that you need to learn how to sell the gospel to those that don't want it. He's not saying that Christians need to put on some big dog and pony show in order to make Christianity somehow look impressive to the world. And he is not saying that we should soften God's law, which reveals sin as sin, or water down the gospel of Christ crucified. No. Nope, it's not how it's done. We don't need to make God's word work. God's word does what it says it does. We are simply called to confess the truth of God's word with gentleness and with respect. It is the Holy Spirit who works faith when and where it pleases God in those who hear the good news that God justifies those who believe that they are received into grace for Christ's sake. This happens not through our own works and merits, but for Christ's sake. We simply confess the gospel right where he has planted us, in our vocations. God calls some men into the pastoral office, and they are given a special responsibility and charge to preach, teach, baptize, absolve, and commune God's saints. That is indeed a special thing. But God calls most of his people to simply confess his word right where he's already placed you. In this way, all Christians are called to be fishers of men. Just as Peter confessed on the shore of Lake Gennesaret, we're all poor, miserable sinners in need of forgiveness and salvation. And thanks be to God, our sins are forgiven. For the sake of Christ Jesus, our Lord, who died on the cross for sinners and rose victorious from the dead, God's word of law and gospel is for sinners, which means it is for everyone. It is true that not everyone will believe. As our Lord says, many are called, but few are chosen. But thanks be to God that he has called and chosen us to be his own. And he did that in the waters of holy baptism. And thanks be to God that he continues to forgive our sins and to strengthen faith by his holy word, by his holy absolution, and in his holy supper, which we will receive this day. We are the Lord's chosen those whom he has caught and brought into his holy church. Therefore, dear saints, fear not, for the Lord will use you to catch men. And don't you worry one bit, because his word and his spirit, they're going to be the ones doing all the heavy lifting. All you're called to do is to simply confess the truth, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who died and rose for all. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord.
for the church, especially those called to be fishers of men, that they would not be discouraged when they toil all night and take nothing, but continue to let down their nets at his word according to that, that calling. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Matthew, our synod president, Lee, our district president, Glenn, our circuit visitor, and Tyson, our pastor, whom the Son has called to be fishers of men in our midst, that God would make them jealous for his name to proclaim his word faithfully, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the Spirit would keep us with his faithful remnant, who have not bowed their knees to the false gods of this world, and for those who have fallen away, that they would be brought to repentance, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our homes, that we may zealously make a defense for the hope that is in us, and that we may welcome visitors to hear the word of life proclaimed and lived out among us, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For firm trust in God's truth above all the wisdoms of this world and the debaters of this age, that we would not perish with those who reject the word of the cross, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the Holy Spirit would help us to bless others, not repaying evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but seeking peace and pursuing it with all people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Nathan Burmeister, John Brenneman, Vanessa Burmeister, Charlotte Locke, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, and all who suffer in body and mind in our midst, that since Christ is at their right hand, they would trust that they cannot be shaken, and so dwell securely while in the flesh, confident that God will not abandon their souls to Sheol. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who grieve, especially the Burmeister family, as they grieve the loss of Michael Pete, that our God, who has overcome sin and death, would grant them his peace and comfort in Christ Jesus and console them with his love, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For all who commune on Christ, our chosen portion and our cup, who forgives and nourishes us with his body and his blood, that receiving him in humble faith, God would hold our lot secure, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. O living God, you have given us your holy word and provided bountifully for all our needs. We confess that we are unworthy of all these mercies and have rather deserved punishment. Yet we implore you, forgive our sins and bless us in our various callings, that by your strength we may be sustained and defended now and forever, and so praise you eternally. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Again, good morning and welcome to you all on this beautiful day which the Lord has made and given to us. As we look into our week, uh, we're, we're well into this busy month that we have here. The uh, ACELC conference is being hosted this week at Advent Lutheran Church in uh, Zionsville, Indiana. So I'll be finding my way out there tomorrow uh, to represent our congregation uh, within this organization that we are connected with. And just a word also that we are looking for a uh, lay delegate. Um, to uh, go along with us to our, our conference next summer. So uh, please keep that uh, in mind um, as we uh, continue to look forward to this. And just a little overview on what the conference is about and what the ACELC is all about is found there in the bulletin, so I commend that to you. And also, again, just a reminder that G July Theology on Tap, uh, due to the way the schedule falls and everything that we have on the calendar, um, those will both be a week earlier than usual. Uh, the ladies will meet at uh, Tuesday, July 18th at 7, and the men will meet that Thursday, July 20th, but that's going to be at 7.30 because the Trinity Women's Meeting will be then at 6 o'clock, so please note that. 
And then also uh, just a reminder about this upcoming worship conference that'll be held uh, Saturday, August 19th at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Topeka, Kansas. I really don't think you want to miss that. It is a wonderful opportunity to hear a good faithful teaching. Um, and it's all about worship and its connection to being faithful until the end, uh, until we are led to our fatherland, uh, which we have received as a good and gracious gift from our Heavenly Father, uh, even as we have received the gift of His Son for our salvation, who has called us to simply confess His name. And then the Holy Spirit works with that confession of the word uh, to bring more into the kingdom. So may God be blessed and praised in that, and may He keep you in His comfort as one redeemed by Christ as we go into this week. I'll greet you at the door.